Are we rolling? We are rolling. Good we morning. We don't like to cut on these. Yes. Hello, everyone. Please subscribe to our channel for more relationship podcasts. We did say we were going to do these every week and we've already failed in our New Year's resolution. But to be fair, that is because we've been doing a daily vlog. A daily vlog is YouTube. very demanding on our time. Very demanding. And we, you know, where we can sort of garner time where we don't have to look at each other and talk to each other, we, we grab at it really. <laughs> and welcome, of course, if you're on the podcast because you won't be seeing us, you'll just be listening to us. Yes. And um, if, yeah, Apparently, uh, a friend of ours listens to us on, on her podcast all the time. That, that eruption upstairs is a toilet. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so if you're on the tube or if you're... I think we have a lot of listeners in Dubai. And, and, do we? Yeah, I have something. Um, so if you're listening there, yeah, do do press the stars and tell us... Give us little reviews on yeah. the uh, iTunes pod, iPod thingy. Yeah, and really if you're new it. to the podcast, we don't do our podcast in a studio. We do it here at home. Uh, you know, working parents, going to a studio is going to take a great chunk out of the day. So you will sometimes get extra noises that you might not on other podcasts. Yeah. yeah, like the sound of dogs drinking water, which could sound like I've wet myself. Yes. So here we are. And today we are doing, I think, a chat that probably both of us are feeling a little bit nervous about. And we've had no pre-discussion about it whatsoever. It could possibly be very contentious. We certainly know from having read many of your comments that lots of you worry and uh, struggle with how to manage this. And it is meeting the in-laws. Yeah, and the in-laws. what did you think of my family? Meet the and what parents. did you think of my family? <laughs> meet the parents. It's like meet the fuckers, isn't it? I mean, it's such a... I mean, that's why that film was such a success. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's the... You're essentially saying that because you love someone... A bunch of complete strangers, strangers must also be loved. Must also enter your life yeah. in in the most intimate and complicated of, of ways, and the assumption and the pressure, I think, for everyone, is that it has to work. Well, the interesting thing is, for me, I had the pressure from my family that it must work because they loved you so much. And because uh, the previous relationship I had been in was so toxic right. and so awful. And they met this man who was good looking, who was so smart, who was into all the things they what was were. his name? <laughs> you silly idiot. Oh. You know, could talk about the theater, but loved films, that was an English graduate. It was like you had been sent from heaven because my father is very unusual in that he never wanted us to have somebody that was like his worst nightmare would be for me to come in with a doctor or an engineer or a, he didn't want that he wanted the fact that you were a freelancer the right. fact that you were self-employed I mean how bizarre is that for a dad so because that's what he is and yeah. he usually he brought us up saying always be a freelancer be mm. self-employed be able to walk whenever you want to walk you know mm. so you were absolutely the perfect fruit for them. So my worry when you first met them was, what are you going to think of them? <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because all of the things that you just said, they considered the attributes of, of me having this so-called halo around my head. All those so-called attributes. And I still to this day, I mean, I, I guess that's the self-esteem that one feels about oneself. But all of those attributes... I don't think I came to your family thinking they would be attributes. They're, I've spent most of my life, I think, hiding my passions or interests under a bushel. 
not because I'm embarrassed about them or I don't see the worth of them, I absolutely do, mm. but because I think in shared circumstances, if I was to truly sort of go on about the things that I'm excited about or that interest me or the technicalities of filmmaking and, and the theatricality and the creative process, all that sort of stuff, I just think people would just run for the hills eventually because they think, God, you know... Well, I think anything, if you go into too much detail yeah. of it and it's not the person's detail, no. and I don't think it was even about that. I think that you were an artistic... Yeah. You were, you were, you were an artist. My dad always wanted no, to but, to but, be but, with but All I'm saying is, that, and I knew you were a family of performers, so, yeah. you know, it, there's, there's this idea that you go blind into it. You don't go totally blind into a family because, of course, when, you, you, when you're dating and whatever, you talk about your mum and dad, you talk about your sisters. Well, you don't forget we got married within six months. Yeah, well, there wasn't long, but I mean, I suppose, I mean, it, it didn't help that I didn't, I mean, I genuinely didn't know who you were off the, off the telly, so to speak, because I mean, I'm sure, you know, you know, working with you and I was directing you and all that kind of stuff. So there wasn't, I didn't have too much of, you know, I hadn't followed the Sawala family story either, no. you know, given that we have to identify the fact that you're off the telly. Um, so I knew of Julia. Uh, I didn't know of you, though I saw an episode of Loose Women and my girlfriend at the time said, oh, that, I think that's who you're working with. And I was like, oh, right, okay. I didn't know she had a Did sister. Did you go, cool, blimey, she's a sort. <laughs> yeah, I said, I wonder what her parents are like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she really makes me think about her parents, actually. Yes. I, really, I really want to get to know her and her sisters. So um, what did you say? So what did I think? Well, I mean, I vividly remember, vi I mean, vividly remember the day I met your parents. I remember going into the house next door. I remember Dina was... Uh, making yeah. something create no no she wasn't actually she was doing something creative at the table making cards or something because it was near christmas um and she wouldn't look me in the eye she's very shy and your dad was he had slightly longer hair i think for a part that he was playing it was that sort of you know when he has that lovely white wispy hair and he was wearing it makes me sort of almost emotional remembering it actually um and your mum was you know sort of i think your mum was beavering around in the kitchen sort of making something and i remember quite quickly yeah. Yeah, because quite quickly the conversation got to lamb. And well, my father being yeah. Arabic is going to get to lamb quite quickly. Well, yes. And and because then... we didn't know at that point you didn't like lamb. Well, you did because you, you announced it. No, no, that was months down the line. Oh, that was wasn't it? Your first oh, right, because okay. it was interesting because when we said, just casually, oh, well, Mark doesn't like lamb and dad went... Well, I thought, like lamb. It. well like, I thought that was this it. This whole three months would have been completely different yeah. if we'd known you didn't like lamb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't meet your younger sister until... A while after that, I seem to remember. But no, so what I mean, were your first my first, my first impressions were incredibly warm. Let me just give a bit of context to people that that don't know know us and know my family. My family, the difference between mine and Mark's family. My family, when I was growing up, was an absolutely enormous family. My father's Arabic, hundreds of cousins and aunties and uncles, and the way that we lived was very much. Everybody lived in, 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 an, in and out of each other's homes. We lived next door to my auntie and my two cousins. A family that would have huge, you know, lunches every Sunday and brunches and big parties and a very, very, um, oh God, what's the word? I don't mean incestuous. What do you mean? What does it mean when everybody's in each other's lives? What's the word for that? I don't know, very intense. Very, yeah, very maybe, intense. maybe a very intense sort of full-on, like like my big fat Greek wedding, that kind yeah, yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah. So it was, for anyone to come into it, which was just my norm, for anyone to come into it that, that was very English, I would have imagined would be quite daunting because, mm. 
we know everything about each other and we would just ask anything and a fight could blow up in two seconds and... I mean, it was very... The portrait you painted before I met them all was incredibly evocative. So, you know, I had the cast of a Bollywood movie in my head when I walked through the door. I thought this is going to be, you know, you're not walking into a normal... Now, isn't this weird? I was probably helped and fortified by the fact that I was a drinker at the time, which gave me confidence yeah. and made me, and I could see that you all like to drink. That was great for me. I thought, flipping hell, they're all drinkers got, as got, well. I've got a family got, that are this, just, I'm going to get pissed with all yeah, the I'm time. Yeah, I'm going to get pissed with them all the time. Um, I do keep going back to it. It's really hard, isn't it, to sort of remember what your, my impression of your family, and this says more about what I think of myself than what I think of them. My impression of your family was that this is a very tight unit. Mm. It's a very, uh, warm, you're either in it or you're outside of it. Yeah. And it's trying, I was coming to you, but I was also coming to it, not just as the new boyfriend and what have you, but you know, not having, not just feeling slightly marked by what my passions and interests and things were, but also I felt slightly marked by the fact that, you know, I was the parent of two daughters. So all of those things, I think I was, I, I think I felt a degree of embarrassment and shame and yeah. fear and worry, not about my two daughters, Izzy and Fleur, but you know, I was thinking, how would I feel if I was welcoming the son? Of... And because you had two daughters from two different moms, yeah, absolutely. I would imagine. You know, it doesn't look good on the, on the resume. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't. I mean, however you present that, and I've lived yeah. with that sort of shame, for want of a better expression, that's how I've understood it most of my life since since I've had them both. Well, I mean, it's when not I the... first met you and you told me you had two daughters from two different parents, mm. two, two different mums, I was like, oh my mm. God. You know, now I realise that's all it is. But at the time, I just think, yeah, I mean, God, it's... so what sort of person are you? And are yeah. you responsible and you're this and you're that? Yeah, so you came into it. With so I think I, I think I was really, really, so I think going back to the subject of what does one make of the in-laws? How does one relate to them? I think... It's as much about how you relate to yourself and see yourself as a person, because for a moment when you meet your in-laws, you are literally on a, on a stage on your own being presented. Yeah. However, however nice you made it, however you know, sensitive you were to you know, making sure it was all okay. No, but we are ferocious. I mean, well, ferocious my sisters and, 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 and I were intimidating. Very. And, and well, the most intimidating part of it, and I can say this, I mean, I'm, I'm very fond of her now, but Dina didn't look at me once. And I was like, what the fuck? I literally didn't know what to do. She's I was just shy. like, I kept trying to prank jokes. I kept trying to say stuff. I was trying to be a bit charming. I was like, what are you doing? I could see that she was into her art. Nothing. I mean, she, she, was, she paid lip service. But I guess, you know, in retrospect, she I was a bit protective of you. Mm. She wanted to make sure... She was very all... protective of me because my previous yeah. relationship had been horrendous. Mm. She'd gone through a lot with that. Mm. And, of course, the tragedy of my marriage and all mm. that. So she was... They were all burnt. They were all, yeah. I think scared so of was me a... being hurt in any new way and I think for people listening a lot of people will identify that yeah. if you've had things go wrong and then you bring in a new person Absolutely. you want those in-laws you want those people to, yeah. to like them again um, and it's very and also there'll be in-laws listening that are that are yeah. worrying about this so it is it's so blooming complicated yes. and I think now I had so much less self-awareness really about my family because I learned so much through you going to rehab and then us getting couples counselling, which yeah. is where all this comes from, and individual counselling, and realised that I was very enmeshed in my family, um, which was something that I had sort of identified myself as being. Here I am, I am, mm. I am this 
You know, I'm half Arab, I'm half English, and we enmesh each other and we're all in each other's lives every single second. And there, by very dint of that, we're better than anybody else's family. I d I because think... we're so tribal. And yeah. you're in our tribe, you're not in your mm. tribe. And I did love that for a lot of my life, but I got awareness of that. Mm. And I felt that felt unhealthy for me. And then I had to separate. I mean, so separate, we still live next door. But I tried to get less enmeshment. Mm. Because I wanted, because I had this other family as well. Mm. So it's like managing having your family and then your new family and a husband. And, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, but, I, but, but alongside that, we've got you just going, okay, where do we go? I felt, well, I felt very much like an intruder, if I'm honest. Uh, uh, at the point that we knew that the relationship was something more meaningful within three months because she was pregnant. Um, <laughs> You know, issues of I was living in Bristol, you were living here. You know, the ideal scenario, whenever I look back at our story, would have been, you know, it would have been really nice to have sold here, bought a place together, set up together, set up home. Um, there was, because you were pregnant quickly, I remember, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, quite, quite a few rapid decisions were made. You know, I really wanted us to sell this place and sort of take on, you know, take on a new property or take on some, a lifestyle that very much felt like it was of our own making. We didn't not do that because you lived because you were enmeshed. We didn't not do that for very practical reasons because we were about to have a baby. We were incredibly busy, and, and also and we, I and wasn't we thought, ready at that point because my family. No, I was still very childlike in a way. I just mm. I'd been brought up in a way that you stay close to your yes. family, and it was never yeah. a question to me that I would move away from my family. I mean, still now I have great sadness that I don't have the closeness that I used. I mean, we're very close, yeah. but that kind of intensity that we used to have where every day we would be with each other, there would be at least yeah. five meals shared a week together. Yeah. Um, but I realised that was that's very different. And not that you ever said it to me. I just came to realise that actually, I mean, we had a situation where, where the window could be open, somebody could come through the fence and climb in through the window well, no, no, but to get a chicken out people, of our fridge. And people would. And, and, and on the one hand, I think that was, on, on many levels, that was lovely. And I, I was... I was in awe and I was sort of smitten with this kind of, and you know, to give me some backstory, you know, my previous most meaningful relationship was with Izzy's mum. I loved her family. I mean, I loved her family. I loved her sisters. I loved the kind of camaraderie and sort of jokiness with them. I loved her father. I was very, had a very tender and close relationship with her mum. You know, it was a shame that my relationship with, with Izzy's mum fell apart, but I, I was drawn to that sense of a family because I didn't have one. I didn't have mm. one. And so you were very drawn to it, mm. but I do think it must have been very difficult as well. Mm. Um, but that's what I was going to say. There comes a tipping point. I think there comes a tipping point where it was, it was lovely and it was new and it was wonderful. Yeah. And then there was a point where, hang on a minute, there's absolutely no emotional privacy here. Whatsoever. No. I mean, whatsoever. I mean, yeah. nothing was private. And that began to sort of strip away at me a bit mm. over the years and I do think I mean, and I'm I think a... because we were so tribal there was like not even any thought about what that would feel like somebody coming no and I felt very that's what happened to my mom really my mom yeah. really came into the family yeah you know married my dad and then very much my dad's family was the first family and then that yes. was it you know yeah, yeah. and she came from a very small family like yeah. you did and she and I think in a lot of ways she just got sidelined and her yeah, yeah so I, I did, I, got, I suddenly got awareness of that and I thought, without you saying anything to me, I thought, I've got to be more respectful of the fact that my family 
is going to, Mark's going to love them, but in a different way to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, you know, with any family, there are many dramas and points in a family's life where there are crisis points and pinch points and all those kinds of things. And each We're time... We're glossing over it a bit there, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We there really has nearly over. been <laughs> murders. Oh, yeah. I yeah. am not kidding. And me and my family, when we go, mm. it is... I mean, I remember coming down Barbecue. one morning and in, in the garden, a barbecue was ab about to happen and I'd come down and I think you were preparing, it was one weekend. I just seemed, I just remember Dina, you flying across the window, right to left, with Dina attached to your head. <laughs> I was yeah, like, me and my sister you know, did going used to have on? like I mean, really, fights. you know those girl fights that clear a huge perimeter yeah. in a school? It's like, fight, fight, fight. It was kind of... And that would just be normal for us, but there's this but if I'm honest, terribly English guy yeah. who's got... A mum well, and a When you say terribly English... No, no, I, I mean, no, I mean no, no, culturally I think, miles I think, apart. Yeah, well, I think culture. I agree and I disagree. I think this is a sort of little narrative that we sort of see. There is a sort of cultural difference and there is an Englishness about me and there's definitely an no, Englishness I mean that in a really about, nice way. No, 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 I know. But equally, I'm, I'm as drawn to the, the colour and the madness and the chaos. I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't mm. be with you if I wasn't. And look at our own family. You know, imagine us as in-laws one day. We're pretty damn flipping like you're not too dissimilar to your mum and dad. No, what I, I love mean... about you, but what I do want to say, what I did love about your mum and dad from the get-go was just their childlikeness. Yeah, they and still to got the, that. And to this day, they are an inspiration to me, both of them. I mean, I wish I could drink with your mum still. I just can't. But they're an inspiration in that they, they really just do keep charging at life and as best as they can living in the moment. And so... And they've been very supportive over the years and they've been very understanding over the years as well, you know. But when they haven't, uh, or when, not they, but when things have been without marking any particular people in the family, so let's keep it vague, but when things have been difficult with certain members of my family or lots of members of my family or whatever, thinking about people listening and how this mm. could help them, how have you managed it? We don't need to go into the detail of what happened, but how have you managed it? How do you manage when in-laws feel like they're taking over your life? Well, I think one of the most crucial, crucial things, I think for a long time we would argue quite badly, it would be a very contentious subject to take in any way a critical stance towards almost any member of your family. Mm. Um, and so I would approach it very hesitantly and with worry. And if you approach anything tentatively and, with, and hesitantly and with worry, you tend to make mistakes. You'll say something in the wrong way. It might be read the wrong way. So where I felt that perhaps, you know, something's a bit much or I'm not happy with the way someone's being or that the, the, the atmosphere or there's a sense of whatever the, whatever, the, whatever the problem was, my advice to people would be try and find in, an, in a sort of non, in a period of no conflict between you and your partner, sit down and have an agreement have a discussion in a calm time. It's really important mm. that you do that because we're all Can stressed we all the time. Can sit down and talk No, about sit down and it, say, yeah. is it okay, because I love your family, to be able to say when I feel that mm. my own sort of privacy or emotional boundaries or my own experience of things, you know, is unpleasant or not nice or not not particularly comfortable or I'm not happy with something because it, the problem, what, 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 I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is, is that mm. Uh, the, you very much, there came a point where you said to me, it's actually okay for you to tell me how you feel about them. Mm. I think it's really, and it sounds really simple, but to be able to be 
told you, you can be honest about someone doesn't mean you know you might think that means they're going to go in and pile in and want to want to yeah. sort of smack them about and 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 going going for a good kicking quite the opposite if you're told you can be honest suddenly there's a kind of you, you feel less resentful because the mm. feeling is one of resentment i just like a saturday where it's just us there was many times where i just thought i just I just want to wake up and it just be us. I don't want the front door to be going yeah. every fucking 10 minutes and every situation, however nice it is and however nice it becomes. But there was never any protected time. You couldn't think there would be, yeah. There was never any protected well, time. I when... think my advice, so your advice would be if you're in that situation, is to actually reach out to the person and say, listen, can we set some side, some time aside and not be, be a reactive thing yeah, yeah. off the back of something? And being, and from the other side, being the person who I can definitely say I was tribal in that way that nobody can say anything about that. You know, this just a blind faith. Oh, well, there were times, there were times so, when that but was really what I think what, and that's, so if you're dealing with somebody yeah. who is like that, my advice would be, quite often the person knows that, knows things aren't right, and they're quite fearful about those realisations. Right. And mm. they don't know the way to shift mm. from just blind loyalty to be able to stand back and go, do you know what? So sometimes where we went wrong or wrong or right, what's wrong or right, but where we, when we were still learning on the way to deal with each other, and I mean, we, we got together before we hardly knew each other in the first place. And mm. then to have a family, you've got to be able to understand mm. like that. I mean, I think we did blo pretty bloody well. But so what used to happen was, Mark would like respond of something, go, oh my God, da, da, da. And then I would go into defence, mm. even though I didn't particularly feel defensive. Mm. And it was only when we started to go, listen, so if you're talking to the Nat, if you've got a Nadia, this is what I'd say, go to them and say, listen, I really feel for you. Because that's what Mark used to say. I can feel that you're struggling with this as well. And it's not always easy for you. So why don't we sit down together and try and find a way together where everyone can be happy and blah, blah, blah. Those words, though they sound really almost, you know, to, uh, they work. They do work because everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to be understood. Everybody wants a way out from their own complicated feelings. Mm. And sometimes it's no more complicated than that. They go, I actually really want to hear how you're feeling. Mm. Because, because in relationships, we all get so, we're all so scared. We're often so scared. However intimately we know, intimately we know mm. somebody, there's always a certain amount of fear. Even now, after 17 years, mm. we will fear saying things to each other mm. because we might get put it across wrongly or we might hurt the other one. So I think not only for in-laws, but I think for almost anything. Well, I think it's a very salient point because I think more and more families are now living with their ageing parents. I mean, mm. you know, it's the whole sandwich generation thing, isn't it? So you've got a lot of people living under, under one roof. You know, there's a, there's a sort of expectation almost that you're going to look after the elders of your family. I mean, I think, I think it all becomes very different. I think one thing we've both been lucky with, I'm going to ask you about your attitude to your in-laws in a minute, but... Um, I do think one of the dangers of living in such close proximity to your in-laws is that if there's ever a problem in the family, you can never escape it. And that becomes a real problem. Just like if there's a joy, you can, you can indulge in it. And so I, I have over the years often said there, there, is a great, there is great merit to having that slightly more demarcated, let's have everyone over for lunch on a Sunday. Let's have everyone over for dinner on a Friday. You know, you look forward to it, you have fun with it. And for me, there were many occasions where there was no fun in it anymore because there were no boundaries and it could happen all the time. 
Yeah. And and that I think I think that happens in a lot of families, and I think that happens in, in some families. I mean, I remember filming with a few families on series that we've done, where they're you know one partner's in-laws were living with them in the house, and their issues with it were about the ways in which the in-laws would exert control. And I think we've both been quite lucky that our in-laws haven't exerted. Of, you know, they haven't wanted no. to kind of get interfering no, in like lucky. the parenting of our kids. They, you know, they might not necessarily never. think it's the right no, I'm thing. I'm sure they disagree like, with loads, but they wouldn't. Exactly, but they would never. They, but they, they kind of trust that we're trying to make as best a decision as possible. I think they, they all have trusted us. But going back to my well, just, just within that, because I just would like to pay you know, reference to people that are in a hateful situation. And there's one particular person that I was reading one of her comments and, and my heart went out to you, it really did. I read it out, the comment out to Mark. And you were talking about how your mother died when you were 10. I mean, imagine that. And then your mother-in-law, you dread every second with her because she's so awful. And you know, you know what I would do in that situation? If you're having to spend a lot of time with somebody that is really hateful mm. to you, that's a different sit-down and sit-down conversation oh, with somebody, absolutely isn't is. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking about all the therapists that we've spoken to over the years, and that becomes a boundary thing, and that becomes something that you do have to sit down with your partner and say, this is actually affecting mm. my mental health and my happiness, and mm. we have to find a way that you're going to help mm. me with this because it's your mum. We have to have very specific times that we meet and we need to have a conversation about that mm. because to go day in, day out, year after year after year with somebody being hateful to you mm. is just not on. It's just not on, is it? And I don't no. think just because you're an in-law you should be allowed to do it. But that. I think there's a reason the caricature of the mother-in-law exists and I think the reason that the caricatures exist is because I think oh, there was an assumption, this is obviously isn't true, and I think in a weird way my mother bucks the trend in this. Mm. There's an assumption that the, old, that the older generations aren't going to change. They're going to struggle mm. to change. You know, like my nan was never in a month of Sundays going to change her take on anything, really, because she's a different generation. And I think the notion of the mother-in-law is an inflexibility, isn't it? There's an inflexibility. Mm. There's a, you're not right enough for my son or for my and daughter. And it does tend to be even more, in my experience, it's probably a sweeping generalisations with mums and their sons. Mm. And that's where I do feel, feel very blessed with your mum. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think feel? she was really glad there was somebody that was going to take her, you uh, uh, Well, hang on a minute. I hasten to, add, hasten to add, I wasn't really on her. No, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, so the extraordinary thing for me nowadays is I am now the age that your mum was when I met her. That's inconceivably Inconceivable. odd. I don't, I don't know why, but I find it really unsettling well, and I don't so like it. Not as it. half as unsettling as I do. But what, so, what, so what were your first impressions of my vast family that I brought to well, introduce to you? Well, the first time I met your mum, we met down at the festival hall with her ex-boyfriend, John. Did we meet in Bristol? No. No, the first time we met was at the festival. It was the mud docks. I thought it was by the... Uh, we rolled around in Bristol, getting absolutely annihilated. Oh, it was, yeah, sorry. It was the mud dock in Bristol. Yeah. But, but I remember we drank like fishes. Yeah. We rolled, smoked, we stumbled around smoking like nut jobs. Had the best night out ever. She was like a girl, a new girlfriend. She was yeah. just like incredible. But of course, I also already knew the history of the two of you. But I met your mum and I was going to love her whatever. And that's where my strong sense of family and sometimes very irritating strong sense of family, I think served us really well. Yeah, I agree. Because we've spoken before on, on, on vlogs and on some of our mental health series and your mum, is very honest, 
your childhood was very, very difficult. Mm. And of course, I met your mum knowing that and mm. knowing where she had let you down. Mm. Um, and in our early years together, you still had a lot of anger towards your mum. You hadn't really done therapy with any intensity. You were working through a lot of shit. There was a long period of time where you didn't want to talk to your mum because you were going through pain. Mm. And, I, and I don't know if you remember this, I said over and over again, you have to find peace with your mum. Mm. Your family is so, because I was almost traumatized by how tiny your family was. Mm. Your family is so small that you have to make this relationship work. Because I knew your mum wasn't evil. It's yeah, different yeah, yeah. if somebody's an evil person. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And actually, through the years, um, I have, when things have been difficult with your mum, or when even Nanny Thelma was difficult about your mum, I've always championed your mum, and I've almost, even though my heart's been torn, because I, I do think she let you down a lot in your childhood, I also think she had an incredibly difficult time as a child. And maybe that's a time for a different vlog, but the things that happened to her as a child, I've always held that in my head. Whenever I've been angry for how your mum might have let you down, I've always thought but I think, about that but, stuff. But in a weird way, you, your position on that is how I've managed my situation with my mum. I've, 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 you know, I've taken the generous decision to look at her as a child a grown-up child yeah you know and it's the way you know, forward when you've got anger for yeah, anyone absolutely. it's like my dad when my dad might fail me or when my mum does and i think you know my mum's mum used to put signs on her back and send her to school with a sign on her back saying, saying something what? i'm spiteful or i'm this that's yeah. deeply so cruel any time that i think oh my mum's been a bit i just think oh, don't, my mum's been amazing <laughs> from where she's come from your mum yeah. grew up in a time when things were very difficult mm. you know very different and your mum had you when she was 18 i would have been the worst mother on the planet if i'd had a child at 18. Mm. some people are utterly brilliant when they have a child at 18 but not everyone mm. so i have seen my job as the person that loves you is to help you find your way with your mum. Mm. So, but you have. I mean, I think if you hadn't been there, I don't think I'd have in any way. I don't think me and my mum would have found the peace that we'd found. You know, I mean, it's it's Give everything we've done. Sorry. So yeah. So. Of all the, th I mean, I always say to people, I'm really blessed because I love my mother-in-law and I do really love your mum. Mm. She thinks of you as her daughter. Mm. She and really does. Her <laughs> relationship with the girls is just so special. And, you know, her relationship with Kiki is, you know, I mean, it's just gold. You know, we don't mm. want to go into too much detail of that, mm. but it's just, it's just a very important relationship. But as a mother-in-law, it's weird because over the years it has changed a lot. I feel like now I could rely on your mum, mm. whereas probably for many, many years I never did. I, I never would have asked your mum for anything. Well, she was she's, she's an avoidant. She, she for many yeah. years she didn't want to. I mean, you know, and I'm not saying this horribly, but for many years she didn't really want to face or know any of it. I remember it years ago her. her doing this thing. You'd gone out and she looked straight at me and she went, "Listen, love." She says, "Why don't you ever look in my eyes, love, when you talk to me?" And I thought, though I didn't say it, I said, because I don't feel you want me to. Mm. But I didn't say it out loud. And so for many years, we used to sort of almost talk <laughs> to each other like this. Yeah. Um, I, I did used to be angry with her sometimes because I felt like she could have helped you more. But 
I always and and when I and when you used to get upset and when things would come out through you going to rehab or through our therapy about the way things were with you and her, I would get angry for the past, but I always found my way through to forgiveness by thinking of it wasn't easy for her. Mm, mm. Um, because imagine if I'd gone the other way. Imagine if I'd gone. God, Mark, so much of what I'm dealing now with mm. Mark comes from his childhood mm. and it's really tough on me sometimes. Well, that... And your mum, da da da. What would that have done? That would have made our, it would have made me feel toxic, it would have made our relationship toxic, you would have been a And it would have compounded the problem with my mother even further. Yeah, our children wouldn't have had a relationship no. with their grandmother. Um, but that's also because, it, I'm sounding here like Lady Ballad, bloody bountiful, and I don't want to. That's also because your mum is also. Incredibly funny. Mm. She's incredibly well read and well informed and interesting and playful and silly. And so she's easy to like mm. and easy to dislike, probably, if you think about the other things that, mm. that have gone on in the past. But I, I, I really like your mum. I think, mm. you know, you can say, well, I've got to love my mother-in-law, but I actually, I actually like her and mm. I think we've quietly worked on our relationship mm. over these years. Mm. Um, but it was bumpy at the beginning because, because of you. And then your yeah. other, the other main person in your life, of course, was Nanny Thelma, who I adored from day one and but buttoned my lip a lot because yeah. she was an old woman and I buttoned my lip out yeah. of respect. But a lot of... She had a sharp tongue. She had a very sharp tongue. I mean, she used to say things to me that were just absolutely unbelievable. Mm. Well, same here. <laughs> Welcome to my life. I mean, even even the security of her love was was barbed. Had yeah. barbed wire wrapped yeah. around it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose when I think of of my relationship with with say your dad, I think men and their father-in-laws is always potentially a tricky one. I feel an enormous fondness for them. I would, I would probably admit that over the years, I've been, I've been very shy because there's a sort of, there's a sort of, well, there's a sort of guru-like wisdom that emanates from your father that you feel like anything one says to your dad is pretty pedestrian, especially because it's not wrapped up in a sort of aphorism or a sort of fable of some form. I mean, he speaks and I feel like I'm transported all to the Middle East and to, to philosophical thinkings and meanderings. And, and so sometimes I do feel I fall short of the mark. I wonder whether that's a necessary part of being a son-in-law so that you're oh, not... No, 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 but it's, a, it's a feeling, it's a feeling, isn't it? Because you, you, you know, to all intents and purposes, you're also a different generation. The difference between in-laws is, is well, from the son-in-law to the mother-in-law, father-in-law, is you are two different generations too. So you're trying to bridge a generational gap as well as the fact that, okay, you know, you're the parents of my partner, all that sort of stuff. So you can, you know... I think your mum does really well as well with me because I am very bossy with you. And I'm sure sometimes she thinks... Oh, God, why doesn't she just leave him? And I'm sure there's lots of things she thinks, but she never lets me feel them. Because I think on a fundamental level, she knows we're good for each other. She, equally, she knows she, it comes from she Equally, what I like about her, she doesn't look, she doesn't view you as, oh, thank God you've rescued my... I think she very much sees our relationship as an equal she relationship. No, 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 but I think she also says to me, she says, thank God you're there for her, Mark. Yeah. Thank God you're there for her. She's because... not territorial. No, not at all. So maybe we should just... Yeah, we have to be mindful of that with people that are, that are listening. So what is the top advice? Now. What's the top advice if you're having problems? I think it has to be about choosing 
sort of kind moments between you and your partner for you to be able to have a little bit of an honest chat about how you feel about things. Don't get into personality bashing. You can tell if, if the in-laws, either way, of, either way up in the, in the family, are just wanting to be difficult or have a problem. I mean, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy, you know. I think also put in some rules. For me, things became easier as soon as I felt I had a choice in it. Mm. Well, it was it was lovely to begin with, but then it began. I began to think, why the hell do I feel so constrained? It's because yeah. there was no choice. No choice. Mm. And I think having choices, not only about when you see them, how do you see them, how often you see them, all that kind of stuff, is is nice because it means you can actually construct your approach to it rather mm. than I, I never I never ever knew for certain whether I was in my boxer shorts or my socks whether I had to go straight into being the thing you have to be for parents in yeah. law. Oh, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be you know. Well, yeah, that wasn't that was the whole family really. It wasn't mm. really my. We all lived in each other's houses and could mm. all just knock on the door at any point. Mm. And the thing is with that is you could be in the middle of a row, you could be in the middle of crying your eyes out, mm. you could be in the middle of a snog, whatever it is. You've got to have have mm. boundaries within within. I mean, Many years it was a and joke. it's very, very painful to put boundaries in place. Yeah. It's very painful. Very and so I would say also as another bit of advice is when you, if you are in a relationship and you feel things are, don't leave it years because then it's ingrained. Oh you know, just open those diet those that yeah. dialogue earlier on and say, Oh, you know, I love it when you know your brother comes round and we have a really nice time. I wonder if we could make that so that we know when they're coming around. Yeah. Because if you leave it too far down the yeah, line, yeah. it then becomes more and more difficult to mm. unpick it exactly. and get the boundary in place. But, but, well, finally, I think we should sum up, but uh, finally, what kind of bloody in-laws are we going to be? Oh, God only knows. Poor boys. God only knows. Or girls. But I think we've done really well. I think we've all navigated a way around. There has been respect and there's been disrespect, but we've found our way. But it's like everything else, guys, in marriage, it is about working through it. And it's about sometimes facing stuff that's really fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, if you let stuff... And saying it. And you talk to your mum a lot. You are... You know, for all the trouble that you've had with your mum in the past... We've worked on a very good friendship. You are really honest. You can both say to each other how you feel. Well, it's almost the deal-breaker, is that yeah. I, I certainly... Sh I said to her honest. that the deal-breaker is that I need to be able to tell you if I'm not happy about yeah. something. Yeah. And she, to be fair to her, has yeah. said yes. But equally, I think she does with me. Yeah. yeah. There you go, guys. Happy podcast. As we say, if you... Uh, and happy uh, watching us on YouTube... Either way, you can cross over. If you're mm. a YouTuber, listen to us on podcasts sometimes on the train. If you're a podcaster, come over to YouTube because we've got so much other content there. We've got loads and loads of stuff. We're really proud of our channel. Yeah. Uh, we think we give a really varied... Um, well, we try to. Menu. We actively are trying to provide a service. We want to be the fourth emergency service. So when, <laughs> when things are going wrong all over the place, you think, Jesus, I've got to put on the Nedis Waller and Family YouTube channel.